Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Hey, do you want to talk about bringing like a kiddo or a teen to a gaming table? Oh, so like age differences? Yeah. Age and experience difference, right? Oh, yeah. Experience difference, too. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Do it. <laughs> what a weird plant opening. That's not the... It's, now I say, now say cue, mu- cue, cue music. music. <laughs> Do the cue music. Welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm pretty old, and I'm your co-host, Phil. And I'm your other co-host, Senda, who's kind of middling. I, I can no longer say young. You are still younger than me. I will always by be a decade. younger than you. Yes. That is true. That fact is very true. That fact does not <laughs> change as old as I get. That one is immutable. Correct. Howdy. Good. Hi. <laughs> what are we talking about today and where did it come from? Cool. Um, today's topic was inspired by Ryan Bolter and is about running games with players with large differences in age. To be clear. Yes. Not a difference in age like between you and I. Right. Yes. Yeah. So in the same way that dating <laughs> is not, is like... A little weird if you're like, they're 18 and they're 38, right? Like, there's a lot of an experience gap there. Um, You know, we're talking about if you have a 15-year-old at the table and you usually play with a bunch of 40-year-olds or whatever it is. Correct. Um, there is an experience p- and potentially a maturity gap there, right? So that's what we are talking about, playing games with gaps in um, experience and um, just life experience, game experience, and potentially maturity. Yes. Yeah, and that's and that's really what we're honing in on here. We're gonna, I mean, we're gonna be talking about age. We're gonna not do it with a number uh, because there are plenty of mature twelve-year-olds who could hang at a table with yeah. a, you know a group of adults, and there are hours. seventeen yeah. and eighteen-year-olds who will be a hot mess initially at yes. a table. So yes. um, that's not the. That's not the rule. And everything that we talk about today, um, please take that into mind that um, gauge the maturity of the person in your group. We are going to use kind of a generic 13 to 14 year old um, Mm -hmm. just for our examples. But again, your 14 year old may be perfectly fine um, and experienced and hanging at a table with a group of adults or maybe they won't be. Yeah. So take, <laughs> just take that into stride. And then I think the other thing I just want to say, because I can see, we, we hinted to it at the beginning of this, and I can hear other people talk about it. A lot of what we're going to be talking about, not everything, but a lot of what we're going to talk about also applies to bringing somebody who's never role-played yes. into, yep. into a game. Because a younger person implies that they've never played a role-playing game, but also... By age fourteen, then there's my kid. <laughs> yeah, there's right? your like, kid who's like, right? There's like, there's your kiddo who's played like, who's running like multiple games, uh, in multiple systems at you know, at age fourteen. So, again, 
we are going to use our example. Our example kiddo is a 13-year-old teen who has never played a role-playing game, but is interested in playing. But is interested in playing, yeah. And so basically, there are kind of three... Um, ranges of things that we're going to cover. And this, I think, is where you can pick and choose what makes sense for your particular situation. It's, um, you know, maturity and patience, um, basically the social skills communication levels of that particular kiddo, right? Yep. Um, Can they sit still for four hours or is two hours their limit? Um, Do they communicate well with adults and express their feelings? Do they understand their own feelings well? You know, et cetera. Um, Then there's experience... um, just life, which is sort of more related to that um, maturity part, right? Like, just because that's a a part thing. Like, you're never going to have a five-year-old who's going to approach this the same way as a 20-year-old, right? Sure. Um, And then there's actual game experience, right? And that that is game experience, meaning, you know, contextually, how fast are they going to pick up the rules? What do you, you know, do you need to explain what each of the dice are? Like, that kind of thing. So that, that becomes more of a game mechanical part. Does that sound like it pretty much covers the genres of the tips that we're going to give. So even if you're talking about a new player at your table, some of this stuff may be applicable, um, you know, depending on where they are. But for this particular conversation, we're mixing in the age part also. Um, So, yeah. And there will be some things like there will be some things that are definitely age related. But I would say that a lot of this is going to apply to newish players to begin with. And it will absolutely work with adult new players. They might not need all of these things. Right. You'll know. You'll know. Don't be. You know, pick and choose. Take the bits that work. Leave the rest. That's how we function around here. Exactly. It's a buffet. (laughs) It's a buffet. Grab a plate. Get in line. Take what you what like. You, grab what you need. Yep. Leave the rest. Yep. I myself will be heading to the chicken on a stick and <laughs> some General Tso's chicken. That's my, those are some of my go-tos. You know what? When we get to the after show, let's talk about go-tos in the Chinese buffet because okay. I got a few. Okay. I got a few like go-tos and I got a few like absolutely no's. Interesting. Okay. Let's, let's put a pin in that and uh, yeah. come back to it. <laughs> Roll on. Here we go. All right. Um, so let's break this out. I've got I've, I, I, I outlined four things, four general areas that we think you should be concerned about or pay attention mm-hmm. well, to. Just, yeah, have thought through. And we have for each of them listed out some tips. So we're yes. going to tell you what it is. Then we're going to give you some generic tips. And then we're going to move on to the next one. Yep. Okay. Cool. So what is the first thing we should consider here? Yeah, the first thing and probably the most major thing is the experience gap, right? This is one of those ones that could be an age issue, could be not an age issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can definitely come up in a mixed age group, game group, right? So the issue is how do you teach the younger player um, the game itself mechanically and sort of how to do all of those things without just completely overwhelming them, especially if you are adding a younger player to a group of experienced players or even an ongoing campaign that already exists, right? Because mm-hmm. it could be any of those things if it's like your kiddo or someone else in the group's kiddo, sure. right? Yeah. Um, cool. So what's the first tip on that? Yeah. So, and we'll ping pong through these, right? Yep. Um, so the first tip is keep it simple, right? So maybe pick a simpler game over a more complex game. But even if you're just like, look, we only play one game uh, and we're going to introduce, you know, our, our teen to this game, it's okay. 
but keep the introduction simple. So mm-hmm. don't overwhelm them. Um, don't, you know, don't drop the DCC book in front of them and be like, read up. Just Yeah, just read this before tomorrow. You'll be fine. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Try to remember when you were 10, mm-hmm. you learned because somebody else knew how to play and taught you. At least yeah. I did. And I think that's how many of us came through the hobby. So get ready to do that for somebody else. But also don't turn on the fire hose. Yep. 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 Which ties directly into the next point, which is to teach as you go or what you need in that moment, right? So as you're sitting down and showing someone how to, for example, roll a basic skill check or a basic attack, and you're like, cool, you're going to use a d20 and then you're going to add things or whatever it is for the whatever game you're playing. Um, you do not need to try to explain to them right now the grapple rules in 3.5, right? Like you do not need to explain how swimming in armor works, um, you know, so that kind of stuff can can come up when it is necessary and required and can be learned along the way. Um, it's a process. Address what you need to to get the game moving and then um, take breaks when you need to to explain more things. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, that that is also true for new players. Like, yeah. Of any a, a lot of this stuff is just true for new players, yep. right? Uh, pulling a pulling something from a video game, which I think is a thing we should do in um, all of our games, is make the first adventure, especially for the um, new for the new player, the young player, make their first time playing a tutorial, i.e., a mini adventure that is specifically designed to engage the important foundational rules so like have a skill check have a small non-dangerous combat um have them work you know like have them work each of the roles in little scenes um as they kind of move into the game yeah so a firstly i have absolutely seen you use this technique in the first like half hour to 40 minutes of playing um a con game, um, especially mm-hmm. when people have, because especially for like Hydra hackers, when people had not necessarily played Powered by the Apocalypse before, um, walking them into like the practice of how to do things. But like, I don't even know if this was intentional, but when you were in town and we played Solar Legacy with my kiddo, the first adventure, um, which was the only one that we've played so far, but like that adventure did contain. Um, kind of an example instance of all the different kinds of things that you can do, like the basic roles with Cortex, which I'm assuming was very intentional on your part. You're nodding, so yes. Yep, it was very intentional um, in order to help teach the game. Yep, Right. to just introduce each of those, like the concepts, right? Yeah, we did a contest at one point. Mm -hmm. We did some combat. We did Um, some skill stuff. I think we did did some some clues. We did a time check. Yeah. Like a timed contest kind of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, we did that over the span of like a multi-hour adventure. You could even pack this into like an hour um, at the beginning for, you know, for the new player or a little breakout game before they join the main game. But however you do it, um, yes, like having that tutorial is a great way to kind of um, one, each scene only covered one kind yep. of problem. One, one kind of yes. problem. One very clear kind of problem yep. to which there was a clear type of role that was the answer. Exactly. Not like a, huh, well, we could do it this way or that way or this other thing. Yep. Like, 
those decisions weren't there. It was the, we are now going to experience this rule, right? Like this mm-hmm. mechanic. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So our, ne- our next one is assign a mentor. So the mentor doesn't have to be uh, at the character level, although in a few seconds we are going to tell you mm-hmm. to also do that it at it the character be. level. Yes. But assign a mentor to the player. That is take out of your table of people, find the person who's got the best disposition for this, who also has good knowledge of the game and have them be the one who's going to show them and tell them like tips and tricks of the game as you go, like funnel that like in play coaching, like give that to one person initially. Initially. Yeah. And to get people started, especially consider, you know, putting that person next to them at the table so that they can be like, cool. So here's where you look on your sheet to find out which die you need, right? Because that's some of the stuff that you may be covering. And that's a lot easier for someone next to them than the GM across the table to be leaning over and going, well, if you see over here, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You want them, you want them close enough so they can kind of lean in close enough that they can look at the character sheet Mm -hmm. and be like, Oh, Hey, like, don't forget this bonus, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Or Um, here's the situation that we're in. Did you think about maybe you could do a cool thing? Yeah. Yeah. Now I will say this, who that person is, is going to require you understanding your table. Yes. Maybe that teen will be okay if it's their parent or maybe maybe they will hate it if it's their parent Maybe and they would rather have it be like, you know, family, friend, uncle, whatever. (laughs) Just know the, like read the dynamic of the table, ask the, um, ask the teen, Mm -hmm. right? Like, but, but assign them a, a rules mentor because often, especially if we're talking about experience gaps, the people at the table know a whole bunch of things. Yep. And, they can definitely help get them up to speed. But what you want to do is have one person who's going to kind of take them under their wing. Yeah. Instead of just having a whole table kind of showering stuff, which is the next point. Yes. (laughs) Which is not to dogpile advice, right? So sometimes um, there's a thing that happens to us gamers, right? Because... Um, Many of us are very passionate, excited people, especially about gaming. And that's great. It also sometimes means when we start getting excited about something in gaming, we start talking really quickly, really loudly, and also not necessarily giving other people space to learn or process, right? So Mm -hmm. when it's brand, brand new, if everybody at the table is telling you something, um, then it can be really overwhelming, um, especially if no one is actually showing you how to do it yourself. Um, so if they're just like, yeah, roll like these D6s and that other thing or whatever, and they're not telling you how they got there or like what on your sheet is going to tell you the information for the future um, or why or any of that kind of stuff. So um, don't dogpile advice because um, it tends to either A, result in overwhelm or B, a bunch of people are just telling someone what to do and they don't actually understand contextually what's going on to yeah. like actually learn the system and take that information and knowledge forward and become more independent at the table, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, our last tip for this section is make mistakes okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, your inexperienced player, your younger player, they're going to make some mistakes. They're going to forget to say that they're checking for traps when they should have been. They're going to, you know, forget to declare something. Um, make those mistakes okay in the game. Allow redos. 
initially. You don't have to do this forever for them, but initially as they're kind of getting on board to the game, you know, be able to be like, oh, you're, you know, yes, you you do need to tell me when you're checking for traps. So cool, let's back it up. Mm-hmm. You're in the hallway. You what say, do you do? Yeah. right? You say, yeah, I'd like to check for me. traps. And I say, cool, go ahead and make your roll. Right, yeah. Like, give them that a chance is, to to back up and 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 recreate those experiences that they might not have the understood mechanical understanding to assume that they should be doing, right? Yes. You can do it the other way where they don't say it and then you can drop like a slab on them, like but you're just being a dick. Yeah. Like, it's not a it really was, it's not a great way of making sure that people want to continue to play the game or with was, you, really. It was a dick move when I was when in nineteen eighty three. It's still it's a, a dick, dick move, move today. today. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Yes, they will learn. No, it is not the best way to learn. It's There's not a reason why fun. you aren't struck with a ruler every time you get a math problem wrong in in school, right? Like there are better ways to do this. So yes, like allow mistakes. Use the um, use script change tools if you want. Allow like rewind, fast forward, play kind of thing, and just be like, ooh, pause, rewind, play, and do it again. Yeah. You can, over time, phase that out as they get more experienced, but I promise you it will be a much better experience for them uh, if they feel like they can initially make mistakes that isn't going to get their character killed or the table annoyed with them, that kind of thing. Just Um, to be clear, um, especially when you are very first learning um, mechanics and especially if you don't have experience in mechanics or the sort of social like um, kind of expected understanding of of even just like shared perception right I, I don't know how to say this there's like sort of the general like RPG table culture-ish thing where like there are certain things that are so commonly quote known that you know we make jokes about them like Correct. Oh, you walked down the hallway and you didn't check for traps? Ha oh, ha, like it's on you, right? Like there's a reason that those things are so stereotypical that we joke about them, but somebody who's just learning the game may not have exposure to that culture at all, right? So how would they know? So the other thing that I would say about that is that um when you don't have the mechanical or understood assumptions um that are the same as the rest of the table, then it can feel like a removal of agency to not know that you should have done something when how would anyone have known to tell you that you should have done something, but also how would you have known to do it, right? And then it's very frustrating in a game. We've talked about agency a lot in, in various other episodes, but when the only thing that you control in the game is your character and you don't get to actually control that character, you don't even get the chance to, that can usually be a frustrating experience and is not usually a good way to make people want to play again. Yeah, this is one of those times that I am speaking from past experience. Like, I am now the poster child of don't do this. Like, the first time I tried to introduce um, a couple of my really good friends to D&D, and now they play RPGs all the time, and they really enjoy them. But me trying to run a game and thinking, this was before I started doing improv jamming, but thinking that I had to run it in a very specific way that I was bad at, drove them off of playing games for like five or 10 more years, right? Because they had such a bad experience because of agency issues. 
don't do it. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. Exactly. <laughs> we are here just to be cautionary tales. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. All right. Let's move on to our second uh, topic. Our second topic um, to take heed is balancing story content. Mm-hmm. So we need to, especially when our uh, teens are on the younger side, we need to have enough story that our older players are engaged with the story, but not so much story that we confuse or overwhelm the younger player. So that's the balance we're trying to strike here is keep our older players interested in playing the game um, beyond just, oh, we're helping this player, you know, this new player play, like learn the game, but actually like enjoy the game, but not so much that, you know, the younger player is like, well, who's, who's that? You know, like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. So what are what are our tips for this? Um, the first one, and I think the the strongest one is make clear adventure goals, right? So make sure we all understand um, what's, you know, what, what are we trying to do as a group, even if the group decides what that is, right? Like we all know what it is and we all understand, have some basic understanding of what happens if we fail, right? What is your goal as an adventuring crew um and that that's something that can be very clear even if um some of the details start to get a little bit more complicated right Mm -hmm. as long as you really keep the goal clear yeah um the next one is look a rule that actually send and i both believe in for (laughs) all rpgs but it's worth stating here no red herrings yeah red herrings are okay in books um, they are garbage in RPGs. I don't take too many hard stances where, you know, you know, where people are like, but actually, but I'm just going to say that I do not believe that there is any good red herrings in RPGs. I think all it does is mess with players and it messes with um, trust and perception and all of that stuff. Their players will complicate plots all by themselves. They don't need false directions or fake directions to go. They are more than capable of making up their own problems. Um, so don't yeah. just no red herrings. Don't period. do it. Period. We should have like a whole conversation about how Brindlewood Bay manages red herrings because it's really fascinating to me. And I think it's the only game I'm okay with them in. And it's specifically because players decide what is a red herring and yeah, what's not. Because, Agency. <laughs> right. Because you 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 can or cannot choose to take a right. clue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, yes. moving on from there. Um, clear cut villains, right? So um the more um especially for younger players, right? I think especially the younger a player is, the easier it's going to be to have um, a very clear definition between good and bad, right? Um, Not necessarily a game about intense gray areas and moral dilemmas through and through. Um, That doesn't mean that, you know, there might not be some, right? But like gauge that for who you're playing with, Um, so that it's, you know, again, this has to do also with the clarity of the adventure goals because um, you want to make sure that it's clear what they're trying to do. Yeah, clear goal and a real bad, bad guy. Bad, bad guy. Bad guy, yep. bad. Bad. And while that'll seem kind of cliche for your younger kiddos, that's actually okay. Yeah, you can do mustache twirling. It's okay. Yeah, it's really okay. Mm-hmm. And even your older players won't mind a real bad, bad guy. 
Yeah. It really, it, it covers, it clears the morality of what needs to be done. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, the next one is, kind of goes in hand in hand with the red herring thing. Avoid complex plots with too many twists. Like, your complex political thriller plot is probably not great for our average 13-year-old. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> it might be a bit much to take in all the machinations of, you know, all of the members of the court and their own personal, you know, goals and the relationship web and all of that. Whereas, you know, break through the bandits, you know, uh, line that's preventing supplies from getting into the town. That's a plot that, you know, we can all get behind. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and again, this is a call you can make on a player by player basis, but it's something that you should probably have thought about going in. Yeah. Right. If, if you're going to do a twist, do like one twist and make it completely obvious when the twist occurs, what has just happened. Mm -hmm. Like, oh no, the constable is being bribed by the bandits. Boy, like, in the bamboo lounge, I really need to talk about this book I'm reading because the twists the twists. all right don't die anyway don't die but anyway yeah that like that twist is like perfectly fine for like a a, a teen because it's really clear cut like oh no he's actually a bad guy like yeah, yeah. now we know what to do with him, kind yeah. of thing okay. yes what's the next one um you can structure the party so that you give the new new player or the young player an, a mentor in game, right? So mm -hmm. you might have like an actual official apprentice mentor pair or something along those lines, whatever makes sense for your actual setting, um, so that not only can they get um, mechanical game support help stuff, but then maybe in game, they can also get support um, in character um, and stuff, you know, driving the story, etc. So that's mm -hmm. like another mentorship approach. And that's again, something just a call to make, um, you know, there's definitely teens for whom I think that would be very useful and teens for whom I think that, uh, they might chafe against yeah, having a power absolutely. structure in a game. Um, so, you know, Make that call. Ask. Yeah, ask. ask. Just ask. ask. You, don't have to, you don't have to assume. You don't have to assume anything. They're old enough to tell you. Yeah. Have a conversation. Like, you know, yeah. Do you want this person, like, do you want this character to be, like, your mentor who's going to, like, you know, give you tips or keep, you know, make sure that you're, you know, safe for something while you're adventuring? And if they're like, hell no, no one tells me what to do, man. Cool. Yeah, all right. Then no, they don't. <laughs> By all means, play the rogue. Yep. Um, <laughs> Play your chaotic good rogue. You're on your way. Have a good time. He plays tiefling rogues mostly, actually. So see, see, this is me speaking from some parental experience, being like, yeah. hey, that would not work for my particular no. dude. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. totally fine. Mm -hmm. Totally fine. It, it, these are all again. Take what yeah, you want. Yeah, take from the buffet, what you want. Right? I mean, it's still a great idea, and it really might work for some some yep. people. So, uh, last one: avoid betrayal and other strong, emotionally evoking. Um, like elements in your game early on teens are not as in control of their emotions mm -hmm. as adults. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you hit them with a hard, like a heavy, hard betrayal. I, you don't know what you're going to get. No, you don't. Um, and not only are they not necessarily like as in good emotional control as maybe an adult might be, but on top of that, they may not have, um, some of those just life experience skills to express to you 
what they are feeling in a way that is constructive or productive. Yep. Right? <laughs> That's not necessarily yep. how it happens with teenagers. Like it They don't have good it. impulse control. <laughs> um, and honestly, they're not, especially if they're new to gaming, they are not ready for bleed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have not, they do not understand what bleed is do, and may not understand what's happening at the table. Yeah. Like to themselves. Yes. Right? That's so, that, that self, self-awareness and a- ability to communicate what is happening in the fields. Yeah. Like don't let them take their horse across the swamp. Right? Like oh, just, not across the swamps of sadness. Why? Why? See? Why are we talking about that? Why would you see? say that? Could you imagine if that happened Artex, in a game? I. No. Could you imagine if that happened in it's a game terrible. to your character? It's terrible in the movie. Exactly. Oh, I hate this it. is my point, right? I don't, <laughs> don't do it. one of those things. Um, you know, don't do one of those things early on until you have some understanding of the team that you're playing with. You will not be prepared for what mm-hmm. happens next. No, and neither um, will they. And it neither will, will they. And they don't have the impulse control driver. not to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of thing where they like go and like murder somebody, like an important NPC. Yes. Like they lash out in some way because they're not understanding themselves. It's okay. Yep. So avoid it. Just avoid it. Yeah. Yep, just what's our last be one? Be aware of that one. Yeah. Make sure that you are spotlighting that character. Um, at least, you know, equally to everybody else on the table. Make sure that they are getting their time in the sun, right? Mm-hmm. Like just because they're learning and picking stuff up doesn't mean that they shouldn't be getting an equal share of like looking really cool and badass and all of the things I, that will make I, them want to play. The oppo- like I will say the opposite. More in spotlight. the early in the early parts. More spotlight more spotlight and make them feel extra badass because that is how they come back. Yes. Some of this is definitely like you want to make sure they come want to keep playing. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, our second to last set of advice is to make the table safe. Right. And this, this means a couple of different things. So firstly, adult tables can have colorful language in and out of character, as well as jokes and innuendos, your table might be very accustomed to being, you know, 18 plus rated R, right? Or maybe At they're least. not, right? Like, but some, my tables sometimes are, right? Like My table has moments. My There are times where my table time. is, yeah. My ta- there's time where my table is um, pretty, like, PG-13 R. Yeah. And then occasionally someone Every says something. Then. And the table blows up to a full NC-17 for a few minutes. Just for a little bit there, right? And it's not like we're having, like, that there's, like, sex acts happening at the table or something, but there are adult jokes. (laughs) Right. Yeah, they're almost never actually related to the game. It's usually Usually some side joke that somebody's made that, like, takes off on its own. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. And again, in a table full of consenting adults, that's perfectly fine. Totally fine. Um, really enjoy it. But when kids are playing, we do need to make sure that the table is acting appropriate to the age of said child. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's, whoop, microphone. What the heck? Okay. Um, <laughs> so that, that is another consideration, right? So what's the, uh, what's the first tip yeah, on that? First one is, uh, figure out what the rating. I, I'm going to just use movie ratings here. Sure. Figure out the rating 
um, that your table needs to be, mm-hmm. right? You will know, depending on wh- you know whose teen or kiddo this is, um, you should be able to either know if th- it's one of yours or ask if it's somebody else's um, what the overall table rating needs to be. Does this need to be a PG table, a PG-13 table? Is it an R table, etc.? Like, remember, PG-13, you're allowed to say fuck once. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's it. Just Only once. once. <laughs> right? No boobies, no, you know... I don't think... I, I have one, only one game where there's possible nudity in a game, but I don't know why you're making that face. You're in that game. I know. That's why I'm making that face. <laughs> <laughs> that long live the queen game is a whole story that we'll have to tell someday. Someday. Um, but anyway... <laughs> that day is not pick today. A rating for your, pick a rating for your table. Um, when in doubt, pick a lower rating. Mm-hmm. Like, when in doubt, it's a PG table. Yep. Yeah. Um, could be a G table if you're playing with, like, little, B-B-B. little kids. B-B-B. And you're playing, like, um, say no to evil. No thank you. Or what's the no best friend? You, what's No thank you. No thank you evil and what's the best friends one? Oh no. The Ross uh, the yeah, um, the, the one from the Ross Callan. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. shoot. I have it. I haven't played it yet. But yes. I think it might just be called Best Friends, friends Forever. Forever? Yeah. Yeah, BFF. BFF. Best Friends Forever. So, it like could be that it's a or yeah. Yeah, so like G is an absolute possibility. If you are playing like heroic fantasy, it's probably a PG on up. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But again, gauge your needs. What's next one? Yeah, make sure the other adults are on board with the rating of the table, right? Make sure make sure they're actually you know, good with that and can do it. Um, there's an interesting thing that happens um, as a as a parent um, watching sometimes adults who do not have children. Um, I think as parents, we uh, have inherently learned the ability to self-censor because we had to. <laughs> it's not yes. that like we're better people or anything like that. It's just that every parent has had to learn um, a certain amount of self-censoring. And then like as kids get older, you kind of release more and more of that. Yes. Like so that like less and less is censored, right? But we had to learn it. And I think um, folks who are not necessarily accustomed to dealing with adults on a general standard all the time basis may not have learned that skill. Um, so you may have to just check in with your friends how comfortable they are with censoring. Like <laughs> they're going yeah, to have to be able to commit to is- that, right? And this, you know, this is going to completely depend on the background of the person. Yeah. But by and large, parents know, like, every parent has, um, every parent has said something they shouldn't have in front of their little one, yeah. who then parroted it back to them. And you cannot put that you toothpaste back in the tube. You can't right? put like, it away. It's, you can't, right. It doesn't go back in and no, you now have to deal with the consequences. Yours forever. And then you have to have conversations about like, it's okay if you say that around mommy, but it's not okay if you say that at school. Correct. <laughs> and the thing is that, like like you said, like sometimes when you have friends who are either single, don't have kids, they, um, they don't have nieces, nephews, or they're not normally around kids, they are not used to um, seamlessly switching language. Like, mm-hmm. I know what I can say when my... Well, my kiddos are now teens. I'm less worried yeah, about it now. I'm way less when they were little, now, but yeah. right? When they were little, I know if they're in earshot what I can say when I drop something versus Oh, sugar. <laughs> right. Darn it. Right? Um 
but I guess the point of this is, is that one, you don't want your kiddo walking away from the table having gotten a life lesson <laughs> um, in like, you know, urban dictionary terms, unless they are old enough. Yes. To do that. Yes. And nor will the other people who parent that child be very happy <laughs> if they've suddenly picked up three or four urban dictionary terms that they're taking to middle school with them. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's really <laughs> that's where really, we're getting yeah. you're just, you're just You're just kind of trying to manage that. Do that. your best. Do your best. And then do better. <laughs> okay. Um, our next one is review safety tools. I'm not even going to say you should be playing with safety tools. If you're listening to the show, you should be playing with safety tools. Make sure the kiddos understand safety tools and use the safety tools beyond safety. Use it for content editing. Yeah. And so I think there's another piece to this, which is that um, inevitably, if you have a younger player at the table um, with a bunch of older players, there is an, an implied power imbalance because of the age difference, right? Um, so you have to work extra, extra hard to make sure that that kiddo will engage those safety mechanics should they need to, even if it's not like a safety break, even if it's just like, well, this doesn't seem like it's in the, you know, PG-13 or like, I don't think I should be hearing this, right? Whatever it is, or content, all of that kind of stuff. I think that it will be an extra lift to make sure that, the younger person at your table also feels comfortable to engage those um, despite the older people at the table. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the thing about this, I will also bring up an extra piece of it when we get to the next part, which is um, our last question, our last thing. There are a lot of ways you can use the safety tools for editing um, for safety purposes, like everything you said. So I'll bring it back up again in a moment. Um, do you want to just cover that last one and then we'll move on to the last topic? Yeah, sure. Sorry. Um, I threw us off, but bringing it in there. But the last no, one right. is to um, do a full session zero or cats. Um, you know, what is it? It's it's content. Uh, Oh, you make me remember. Yeah, I am going to make you remember. No, it's fine. Yeah. You don't have to remember. But it, do do cats to walk through everything so that everybody at the table has the same shared expectations. I think it's even more important when you're bringing um, a younger player in that everybody has those shared expectations so that they feel like they are in the same place starting off. All right, let's just recover it again because I need to. I never, I never get the names right. I know what they are, but and I yes. use this tool. Right, me too. Um, but I always forget. Concept. There we go. Right, that's the pitch of the game. Aim, what we're trying to accomplish. Tone, right, the tone of the game. Are we serious? Are we not serious? You know, whatever. And then subject matter. What might we be doing during this game? Don't think that just because a kid is thirteen that you can't have this kind of expectation setting. Oh, you absolutely um, should. Yeah. yeah, kids live with this kind of expectation setting everywhere. That happens in school. It happens in like in any sports or activities they're in, et cetera. Like, it is okay. And you should have it because kids tend to do better when they understand expectations. Everybody does better when they understand the expectations. <laughs> like, just Yeah, I mean, everybody. again, again, uh, we recommend Session Zero and Cats and Safety Tools to all you adults as well. Yeah. Um, but we're saying, like, you know, don't... Just because... I guess what I'm saying... Yes. ...is because this is not the kind of thing that's, like, in a player's handbook 
or in an intro game, don't consider it like some advanced thing Yeah, that, you know, oh, you only do this when you're an experienced gamer. Like, no. flip that shit and do it, to, do it with new gamers Everybody. from the start. From the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Good. Great. Normalize that shit. Cool. Thank you. Good. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, normalize. There we go. Normalize <laughs> that shit. All right, last one. Yeah. So the last one is make sure that the kid or teen plays well with the adults, right? So now we're mm-hmm. talking about managing maturity and life experience stuff again more, right? Let's- yeah, because up to this point, we have been talking about how to how to get the kid uh, or how to get the group kind of um, leveled with the teen. Mm-hmm. We also need to address how to get the teen integrated to the group. Yeah. Yep. That is, you know, it is a two-way process. Yeah, it is. All right, so so what are some of the things? Okay, so the first one is to have a discussion about expectations, and this is a discussion we're talking about at this point because of the context of this particular tip, right? We are talking about having a conversation with that ute um, because part of that is figuring out things like, you know, at the table, I do expect you to be engaged and not on your phone. Or, you know, how long can you play before you get twitchy? Do we need to take breaks? Um, you know, I uh, expectations about general behavior, I guess. Yeah. That's where I'm going. Just, you know, I'm like trying they, not to you know, trip over things I know are coming up <laughs> down no, the list. No, it's, no it, it's fine because it's just, you know, but it's things like, and these are things that kids learn when they play other board games, right? Yeah. Turn taking. Yes. Um, don't touch other people's pieces, right? Like, yep. don't, you know, like, hey, when we all sit and play, right? Um, you're going to have your dice and everybody's going to have their dice. Like, it's fine if you want to mess with your dice during the session. But like, in general, ask somebody before you yeah, pick up their before dice. Before you mess with their stuff, right? Right. I'm like... You know, not every scene is going to be about you. We're going to pass that around, right? Like, Right. Like, we go around the table. mm -hmm. Like, there's a turn order, Mm -hmm. right? Like, those kinds of things. So, you want to have those expectations so that they understand. But you also want to, and I would say this, before you have them play the first game, you want to explain to them, like, here's how the game's played. Because fighting dragons and shit sounds really cool. But sometimes the reality of, like sitting for four hours <laughs> and waiting your turn every few minutes doesn't to do always, something. Yeah, it doesn't always do it for everybody. It's It might not do it for everybody. Some kids are more geared to role play, uh, to video games, right, where there's a little more yep. action, right, and uh, might not be. So you want to explain to them, get those expectations, like you said. All right, mine's going to dovetail right off that, which is during the game – now pay a little extra attention to how they're behaving at the table. Yeah. Right? And if you need to gently, right, gently correct some of their behavior, right? And things we're talking about are like speaking in turn, mm-hmm. right? Waiting till it's their turn to interject something or to take an action. You know, an impulsive child will want to jump in with an action right away when it's like somebody else's like somebody else at that moment, the spotlight's on them. Yeah. And you need to like show, you know, you need to explain like how the table etiquette works for when to interject. Yep. Um, when to ask to enter into a scene or take an action, especially when we're not in combat. When we're in combat, that's really 
um, structured in a lot of games, and that will work really well for younger players. Like Roll for Initiative, you go on your number. That's really concrete. Yeah. When we're in the story narrative parts of the game, especially if we're on that narrative combat border. Yeah. Right? You know, any moment somebody's going to declare an action that's going to cause initiative to have to be rolled. Yep. That's the part where a kid starts to get like super excited. Yep. They want to like, you know, do things, they want to, they want to like, they got an idea. They want to jump in and like, you know, and that's when they'll start talking over people getting. So you want to just make sure in a way that does not quash their excitement, but reinforces this is how we do things. Yes. You just want to be able to manage that during play. So Mm -hmm. speaking in turn, frustration levels, um, wiggleness wiggles yes fidgeting the wiggles and some fidgeting is okay look plenty of us adults fidget, fidget when we're sitting at the table right yep. and we, i we, mask i mask mine by writing notes yeah um, i'm usually my fidgeting is i i write notes but um you can also catch me like drawing little yeah, things that relate lot. to the game yeah. but like you know i keep game related but my yeah. hands do things sometimes, yes. Exactly. So, again, we're not talking about quashing. We're talking about what's acceptable at the table. Yeah, we're talking about right. directing, not quashing, yeah. right? Yeah. What's our last What's our last tip of the whole uh, whole episode? Last tip of the episode. Um, Which is good, because look at the time on oh this thing. Oh, my like, goodness. We gotta, oh, we, we got to wrap chop. this up. Okay. Hit this one, and we're, we're going to speed through. <laughs> yeah, we are. Okay, cool. Um, gauge the session length based on the age and just, you know, your, your kiddo that you're talking about and question, right? Like, some kids are not going to have a problem sitting for four hours with a party of adults at a table. And some kids are going to get very wiggly. So maybe four hours is not the right session length, even though it's the assumed session length. Or maybe four hours is fine, but you need to take sure make sure you take like a 10 to 15 minute break every hour, right? Like yeah, just exactly. figure it out. Think about it. Kind of like with your old older players, um, they need to pee. <laughs> you play with Bob, huh? <laughs> Sometimes you just got to work those into the you session. Work All right. The anyway, <laughs> let's let's wrap this up by saying that, like, look, uh, bringing on a teen isn't completely different from bringing on somebody who's never played a role playing game before. The differences really come with the maturity part. Yeah. Some teens are going to be super mature, and you know most of the things you'll have to do are just new player kind of stuff. Some teens are going to not start mature; they'll grow into it as they play. And you're going to have to do kind of a few more of the things that we talked about um, today just to help them have a good experience as well as for everyone else at the table to have a good experience as well. Yep. Because if you're bringing your kid to a game, your friends are going to try to support you regardless of how disastrous this goes, right? So um, you still want the game to be fun for them. So, you know, doing this work is makes it a win-win like you get to bring up a new gamer and bring them into the hobby which is amazing but at the same time your friends still want to play games with you yes right yes <laughs> so yep balance all of those things that that's what we're trying balance. to strike here okay in order for us to get to the closing which we need we to get really to, need to get to um tell me about another show on the misdirected mark yeah sure on the, yeah not another podcast on the misdirected mark podcast um on the Gnomecast, several gnomes from Gnomes do get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. Then imagine bubbling sounds. 
Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Running a high class operation here. Say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can drop us an email if you prefer, panda at misdirectedmark.com. Or you can find us on the Tiki Talkies by our personal um, just handles that we use everywhere, which is Idella Mithland, good luck, and DNA Phil. <laughs> We don't post that yeah. much there, but, you know, feel free to tag us in things and uh, we love to see it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So here's what you do um, if you contact us via the Internet. Um, leave us a question, uh, thought, thing you want to hear us talk about, thing that you don't particularly like to do in GMing, a thing that you would like to do in GMing, you just would like to do it better. Um, whatever those things are, we want to help you. Uh, by using our um, decades of experience to um, make your games run better. Our whole goal here is for you to run uh, more enjoyable games, which means you will run more games, which means you will stay in the hobby longer, which means that you will play more games, uh, interact with more um, players, and overall keep this hobby that we all love um, going and thriving. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to our Slack room for life. That's a thing. 112 so or so people in there talking about gaming and food and technology and complaining about their jobs. We have a special channel for that. Mm -hmm. um, so if you, if you need to complain <laughs> about your job, we have a place for you to vent to your friends. Mm -hmm. Um and, uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. We have Friday Zoom calls. Um, we just did one where we all showed off our favorite, um, our favorite dice and like, and like um, memorable dice that we own. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We'll do that again in a couple months um, or like a year or so. I don't know. But we do like we have a little topic each week that we roughly um, stay attached to. Anyway, you, uh, you also get the Bamboo Lounge from this show, the after show from the Misdirected Mark, where um, the hosts just on both shows sit around and chat. We're like, we're about to do in a minute or so. Yep. <laughs> um, and we'll be putting some other stuff into that Patreon thing as time goes on. We're, um, the misdirected Mark crew is starting to generate some video content and some of it is going up on YouTube, but at some point, some of it may only go up on, uh, um, up to the patrons or may go to the patrons first and then show up on YouTube later kind of thing. We'll see. Anyway, um, if you are supporting our Patreon campaign, uh, we thank you very much. Uh, it helps us with pretty much every uh, activity for keeping all the shows on the air. So thank you very much. Um, if you are unable to support the show, we totally understand. There is a thing you can do. Send is going to tell you what it is. Only costs a little bit of your time. It is actually super helpful. It is super helpful. You can leave us a rating or review on the uh, Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, whatever that one is. Um, and cause every new review we get is like telling a friend that you just haven't met yet that you like our show, which is great and helps us find new people. And also you can tell us about it if you left a good one. Don't tell me if you left bad ones. I don't want to hear about it. Um, but if you left a nice one, we'd love to hear about it. And, um, it's hard to check places constantly all the time. So just drop me a note and let me know where it is. And then I'll be super happy and warm and fuzzy inside. Right. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Say Senda. Hmm. Um, 
What did you think of our um, Solar Legacy uh, game that we played with your kiddo? Yeah, I, like I said, I think that we actually definitely hit all of the major cortex stuff. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Check, check. Is it clicking? Yeah, it looks good. Okay. okay. <sighs> Are we ready? Do you feel like you have enough tech stuff together in order to pull off a show? I'm like a disaster today. I think, oh, look, oh, look, oh, look. Did My your iPad, iPad finally make it back? Came, was just now up and running. We're, we're, we're now set. I'm going to not try to do this for my computer where everything is wild. Um, I'm going to leave it open, though, in case anything goes wrong, uh, the way that this morning has been going, and just make you bigger over it. Okay. Bloop. Hmm. Nice shirt. Oh, Polygamers. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I wish the um I love the logo. I wish the um fabric of the shirt was nicer. Yeah. It's not the softest shirt. No. When we um when I, we one day redo a bunch of these, yeah. we need to we need to find like the place that does like the super nice t shirts because no, I know it. I know the one because um uh, Red Bubbles shirts are like a lot of them are like American Apparel and like Bella and stuff. I have yeah. had good experiences with the shirt quality. Yeah, from there, Th- yes. This one is um, like I like it's wearing like a- it because I love the logo. Yeah, but, but it's not. It, it's not soft. Soft. <laughs> it's not soft. Kinda- I don't. I don't love it. It's like a little scratchy. Yeah, like just a little bit. Yeah. I have this one T-shirt from um old navy mm-hmm. and it is so soft mm-hmm. right i love it i just don't love um what i don't love about it is the sleeves are about half length oh so they're like weird and long no no oh they're weird and short they're shorter than like the short sleeves on this like they're half the length oh, of the short sleeve weird and uh, which isn't which isn't um which isn't a huge deal except that um you can see my scar. Oh. Right? With the, you I mean, know, I if, think your scar has faded a lot. It has, but like you like I mean, you can It's faded tell on it's my there, It's faded on my chest. Yeah. It's like still pretty visible on my arm. Yeah. I mean, I like, don't think that that I mean, I still wear the shirt, right? Like I problem. like I just didn't like I didn't replace my entire wardrobe with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. For recent for recent listeners, go back to um, no. Go back to 2018, I think, oh when God. Phil January of 2018, where Phil takes a spill and um, shatters his arm and has to have it all put back together again. Ooh. I humpty dumptyed my arm. It was very bad. It was very very bad and traumatic for both of us. <laughs> Pretty bad. Two plates and 13 screws later. Um, it's still kicking. Anyway, that's uh, just for you new listeners. Um, longtime listeners will remember Phil being laid out for quite for a couple of weeks before I could um, make it downstairs to record again. Yeah, so. it was intense. Uh, 
But anyway. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, uh, you want to do a show? Yes, we should do like an actual. I mean, show. I've got, I got like a, I got cleaning and cooking that needs. To I get know, done. Like, I know. Let's do I got a cookie, show. I got chocolate chip batter. Look, um, panda. Do do the show. <laughs> I got chocolate chip batter in the uh, in the fridge, and I got chicken marinating for some, uh, what you call it, for some bourbon chicken tonight. Bloop. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> I really tried. Nice try. <laughs> I am still master of my domain. <laughs> it's cute, though. <laughs> anyway. Bloop. The show doesn't start so you say cue music. Like this. Cue music. Bringing more energy. 